0: for breakfast catch-up on Triple M.
1: And yesterday afternoon, police officers were on patrol on the Great Eastern Highway, and they were just east of Cheddaring Road when they detected a blue Holden utility being driven in excess of 140 k's per hour in the 110 k's speed zone. The officers conducted a U-turn. They attempted to stop the vehicle. However, the driver failed to stop, continued driving at this high speed. They turned off onto Chettering Road where the vehicle disappeared from sight. The officers drove along the road in the same direction as the vehicle where it was last seen and they located it and it had crashed. It appeared that the vehicle had rolled. Uh, No other vehicle was involved. The driver of the Holden utility believed to be a 31-year-old man. He was provided with emergency first aid by the attending police officers and St John Ambulance personnel who attended the scene. There was an RAC helicopter that also came as well. However, he was unresponsive and was unable to be revived. Major crash investigators are now seeking anyone with information regarding this crash who saw the Holden utility prior to the crash to call Crimestoppers 1800 333 000 or you can report information online as well nowadays at www.crimestopperswa.com.au. Really sad to be reporting on this morning. Um, Just too many times I feel like I've been doing it over the last couple of months as those stats seem to keep climbing on up fatal crashes on our country roads please if anything let this bit of news this morning be a bit of a reminder at a wake-up call if you're traveling at high speeds or you attempt to go a bit over all the time thinking you can get away with it you can't it's not just look out for yourself and look out for others on the road verity for for breakfast
0: triple m triple m Retro Reviews with John.
1: It's actually my pick. (laughs) The challenge was put forward to me by John in Grass Valley and so I have decided to pick a film that I actually studied in high school because there's lots of film codes going on and lots of uh, themes that I think can be found in a lot of films from the 80s. So we're going to 85 to The Breakfast Club.
0: A great film, great cast, directed by John Hughes. Now, John Hughes... Did a lot of these films at the time, notwithstanding Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink. And you might remember, if you've seen those films, there's similar cast members in them. Yeah, you've got Nelson, Molly in there. M- yep. Molly Ringwald was in all three. But yeah, you've got five students that are very different. You've got a brain, a jock, an outcast, a princess, and of course the crim. Who have to suffer Saturday detention under the tyrannical headmaster played wonderfully by Paul Gleason? You have exactly 8 hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. I can't believe this is really happening to me. Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Emilio Estevez, and Anthony Michael Hall. The students now, during the course of the day They open up to one another And they discover the similarities in their own lives
1: I mean, they've got those What they're typecast as But they all end up doing a bit of a switch around
0: That's the whole thing behind it is Will school be ever the same from again? And maybe the reason it's got such continuity Is that Hughes rehearsed this as a stage play The cast did it, three runs in a row ah. And then the entire film was shot in continuity
1: from You're joking.
0: Start, no, from start to finish.
1: It was not. Yeah,
0: true. After it screened, because it only had a budget of $1 million and it actually made $51 million, so it was quite a hit at the time. He's actually written it now, or he actually wrote it as a screenplay, and it's performed in schools across America as we speak. The only, <laughs> it only took him two days to write The Breakfast Club.
1: Two days only to write two the script. Two days only,
0: yeah, and a lot of coffee, no doubt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so for, for some of the roles that could have been, that we had Laura Dern, Jodie Foster robin wright at book shields for claire but he obviously stuck with molly having done two films with her before now john kuzak was originally slated to be john bender Ah. and um he tried to get nick cage but he was out of the budget um and so then went with judd nelson now the costume nelson wears throughout the film he actually does his own clothes and he wore it to the um audition
1: and they were like come back as you are
0: oh they loved it (laughs) And Rob Lowe was on standby to do it all. It was the same high school that Ferris Bueller's Day Off was shot in as well. I oh, know that's a favourite of yours too.
1: Yeah, it is. Where do you find all these fun facts, John? <laughs> you just knew. I'm,
0: I'm the nerd. <laughs> I'm such the <laughs> that's nerd.
1: That's why I have you on.
0: <laughs> the title song, Don't You Forget About Me, was offered to first Billy Idol, then to Brian Ferry, and then lastly to Chrissy Hind, who said, no, nah, I don't want to do it. But why don't you give it to my husband, who, of course, was at the time Jim Kerr, who fronted Simple Minds. Now, Don't You Forget About Me was the only number one hit song from Simple Minds.
1: There you go. Lucky they said yes.
0: And one <laughs> last bit of trivia to finish this. Now, at the end of the film, you know when Judd Nelson's character is walking through the through the football field?
1: Oh, yeah, with the fist in the air?
0: He did that on his own. The, the fist in the air was an ad-lib. And everyone just went, "Wow!" And it's become it. an
1: iconic image and, and for the it's film. The
0: most iconic frame in the whole film, and it was just him doing his thing. And <laughs> him and Hughes didn't get on at all, so oh, they re- he, swore he really
1: is him, the he rebel. rebel. <laughs> he
0: really swore he. I used to pick on Molly Ringwald on oh. camera as well, saying he was staying in character. He he got into a lot of trouble. He went to schools and he he sh- he pulled his knife out of a laundry mat and um. He was in character. I mean, some some of these people actors do it. So like I said, I'm such a nerd. I, don't, I know how I store it all.
1: <laughs> well, um, I appreciate that you do and that you share it with me and our listeners. And, and thanks very much for your time, John. Really appreciate it.
0: It's always a pleasure, Verity.
1: Verity for breakfast. I'll be honest. I haven't taken a lot of Eurovision in in my time, but. It's hard to sometimes go past some of the, especially on the Facebook feeds these days, some of the performances that come out of this huge competition are just truly bizarre. If you really
0: want to understand, just sing it with me. I mean,
1: <laughs> some are great. <laughs> some are just pure comic value. And um, dropping you in it here this morning, Meg, Michelle Gethin, uh, Meriden Repertory Club extraordinaire member, she wrote that she thought that it's been one of the best Eurovision semi-finals ever at the moment. She said lots of love to her favourites that got through. Cyprus, a hot fave. Uh, Finland, Austria, Bulgaria, Czech Republic... And you have to see Israel to believe it, she's written. uh, Not sure what Lithuania and Albania are doing in the winner's list. Sad for Croatia, Switzerland and Macedonia. Bring on Friday. Well, tomorrow, Meg, if you're listening, you're going to have to tell me how it all goes. Well, I'll just have a look at it myself. Are you a fan of Eurovision like Meg? 132710, has there been a memorable performance for 2018 that you feel needs to be shared? Amongst our listeners, would love to hear from you.
0: Verity for breakfast. We okay. back history. do now I'm pleased to tell you today. Oh, the landing of this. That's oh, just tremendous. Under
1: the lino. The 10th of May, on this date, 1899, it was the singer, dancer, and actor slash icon, that is Fred Astaire, was born on this date. Also, world history here for you. The very first Mother's Day was celebrated on this date. Interesting. There you go. Don't forget, it's this coming Sunday, guys. Make sure you show Mama bear some love this coming Sunday. It's not today. It just was back in 1908. 1940 on this date, Germany invaded Holland and Belgium whilst Winston Churchill was elected as Prime Minister in Britain. And in 1994, not only the year I was born, but Nelson Mandela was inaugurated as South Africa's first black president. Lots of things happening on this date, years gone by. If you would be reading the new Mercury back in 1977 around the kitchen table on this date, you would have read the article, Children Ride Bicycles on Footpath. Oh, dear, good grief. At the April meeting of the Bruce Rock Shire Council, Councillor Brown reported that there was instances of children riding bicycles on the Johnson Street footpath. <sniffs> Tut-tut. Strange agreed to bring the matter up at the next meeting of the Parents and Citizens Association. The police department advised that a talk would be given to children at Bruce Rock School concerning riding bicycles on footpaths. It's funny how time, cha- time changes, isn't it? In the music world, let's head over there, shall we? 1986, the Pet Shop Boys went to number one on the US singles chart with this one. Western town, the end world,
0: the boys and Western girls.
1: West End girls. Town, the end world,
0: the boys
1: and Western girls. Duo's first US number one. It also was number one in the UK as well. There you go. That's your Under the Under the Lino. Verity for breakfast. For breakfast. Ah!